Garçon, coffee. Welcome to the Coffee and Death Sticks podcast. My name is Kevin Romani. And I am Danny Marchant. And naturally, we are past Halloween, so it's time for us to talk about Halloween Kills, which is in still in theaters now and airing on, or available on, I should say, Peacock. Danny, Halloween Kills. <laughs> if, if we ever had a video component, now might have been the time. Oh, for God. This movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it has been a long time since I've, I hate saying I hate movies, but it's been a long time since I've hated a movie this much. And it's like, the stakes are so low. It's a Halloween sequel. Like who cares if it's good or bad? Um, I'm not super invested in this franchise really like at all. Um, This movie, I just, I, uh, it was so irritating and it was one of genuinely one of the most like, uh, I don't know how to say it. Like the experience of watching this movie was so frustrating and so like grating um, and brought up so many feelings I have about movies in general and franchises and soft reboots and sequels and just like the complete like lack of imagination and creativity that these filmmakers and these studios have um, when it comes to reinventing what they say is reinventing stuff and bringing back old old uh old series so yeah this is one of i won't say one of the worst movies i've ever seen but it is one of like the worst times i've had watching a movie in a in a long time in terms of new movies that have come out like this has been this this was rough i did not enjoy this Mm -hmm. at all it certainly isn't one of the worst movies ever especially when you consider it's not even close to the worst movie in its franchise (laughs) no so (laughs) <laughs> so we had we had some slightly different viewing experiences. I overall agree with your sentiment that this is not a good movie. There, there's going to be a lot to talk about. I tried to jam in watching as many of the previous entries as I could before watching this. Prior to this coming out, I had only seen the original Halloween, which I've seen like six, seven times because I love it. It's one of my favorite movies. And I've like resisted the other movies for so long for that reason. But I've only I had only seen Halloween 1978, Halloween 2 from 1981, and Halloween the reboot from 2018. So <laughs> after watching now Halloween one through six, Halloween 2018, and this, it, I did not hate it that much because boy, Halloween four, five, and six are all so bad. They're, they, those are three of the worst movies I have ever seen, particularly five and six. So I, I came out of this not hating it as much as you did. I want to talk about the few positive things I have to say about this movie, because then I think the rest of our discussion will be about the flaws of this entry and the entire franchise. One of the few things I liked about it We have spent a lot of time in this podcast, and we will continue to do so, talking about sequels, reboots, soft reboots, and how flawed they are. And this one certainly fits into that conversation overall. But when we were looking at our fall preview, I talked about Halloween 2018 and said, you know, in my eyes, it's it's just like The Force Awakens. It's just like Jurassic World, where filmmakers make a soft reboot of the original movie to the franchise 
you know, they do enough new stuff, but maintain similar story beats, characters, themes, ideas, but they do enough of a spin to make it fun, worthwhile entry, which is, I really like Jurassic World. I really like The Force Awakens. I really liked Halloween 2018. The one thing this did, I don't know if I want to say better, but I will at least compliment this movie, is it was a vision. They, the filmmakers had a vision of three movies when they set out to make the first one. Now, I don't like a lot of the decisions they made, but it is the same creative voice and a lot of things that were set up in the 2018 movie continued in this movie. Whereas The Last Jedi and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom just did not feel like they had any cohesion or plan as sequels to their previous entries. Whereas this one, it was like, oh, there's that couple that they set up leaving their home and there's the other prisoner escapee that they sort of hinted at. And so I just mean to say <laughs> the the minor bit of a compliment I will give this movie is they didn't make Halloween 2018. They didn't throw the kitchen sink in. So for that reason, I give it a mild <laughs> applause. Uh, but when we get it's into... A gold, it's a gold star. It's a gold star. A, it, a for effort. Yeah, because some of those things they set up are horribly stupid. So we'll, we'll get there in a minute. So like I said, oh. that is a very mild, mild um, yeah. a, a positive attribute I will give this movie. Another very mild one I'm going to give it is all of these movies, and it's something we'll talk about in a bit, they all have the hurdle of how do we bring Michael Myers back or how do we get him out of the situation that we sort of left the last movie in? Mm -hmm. As far as that goes, I actually thought they did a decent job of doing that. Uh, in the Halloween 2018, the movie ends with uh, the our three heroines trap Michael Myers in the basement of Laurie Strode's home. And they say it's a cage that they meant to do this. They light the, the place on fire. So when that movie ends, you're kind of like, how is, you know, how are they going to get out of this? So there is a fire. The fire department is called to report to this fire and they show up and they're thinking, we're just trying to put this fire out. There is a room that Michael Myers is able to sort of hide a little nook that he's able to hide in, in the basement. And he's able to take out these, <laughs> all of these firefighters. And I thought that was a pretty well-established scene where they're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, we're here to just put a fire out. And all of a sudden this, this evil incarnate massive hulking man comes out of the building and we don't know what to do. And we are ill-equipped to fight him. That was a good sequence. After those two things, I don't have anything positive to say about this movie. <laughs> yes. I, the, the, your first positive thing just shows the generosity of spirit that you have. Um, <laughs> uh, and, um, but yes, it is nice that they kind of, they set out their story. They didn't immediately start filming this movie. They did. Danny McBride did say like, well, let's see how the first one does, but we do have a plan. So I do admire, I admire their, um, their lack of hubris, you know? Yeah. Hey, we have a thought for a new trilogy. Um, we'll make the first one. We'll see how it does. And then if, yeah, if you want to make a sequel, we've got ideas for two sequels. Um, and they definitely did. Like, this didn't feel like half-baked. Like, this did not feel like they scrambled to... to. No, no, this felt like this was, like you said, their, this was their vision. 
uh, which to me makes it worse. But uh, it is their <laughs> it is their idea. It's completely their idea. One of my biggest complaints with this movie is Laura, Jamie Lee Curtis spends the entire movie in a hospital bed again, and Karen spends the whole movie dealing with like they're not just stupid, obnoxious movie characters, like doing stupid, like Prometheus characters where you're, Oh, the characters are be behaving in, in dumb ways so that the script can happen. It's not just that within the context of the movie, they're also stupid and obnoxious. They're like, they're just dumb hicks who are just immediately like, get the guns, get the bats. Um, I think they say it, once or twice that uh what's the phrase evil dies tonight it's mentioned a few times during oh, the, the movie a few times i think so they say it once or twice it may have been the tagline for the movie but they say a phrase like evil dies tonight like 73 times it is evil dies tonight oh, oh it's evil dies tonight oh, yeah, I didn't, yeah yeah i didn't, I didn't yeah. catch it I must, <laughs> that was that theme wasn't clear to me i wasn't sure what they were going for evil dies tonight You've got the most interesting character uh, in a hospital bed the whole time, uh, just like she was in Halloween 2. <laughs> you have the other most interesting character, Karen, and the and and the daughter, uh, the granddaughter, whose name I'm forgetting. Allison. Allison, yes, yes, with a Y. That's right, because that yeah, Allison with a Y, because that's the name of the best musical cue on the first film soundtrack, uh, the shape the shape hunts Allison. That, yes, yeah, that track is awesome. just reduced to Allison's just kind of following her boyfriend and her boyfriend's dad around and dealing with these very irritating characters. Nancy Stevens, God bless her. It's just casting that, cashing that Marion Chambers check. Uh, and Karen is just running around town trying to convince these just like, like frothing at the mouth, rabid lynch mob to just like cool it. And that's all that's happening. And then meanwhile, Michael Myers is just walking around town. Uh, the, I mean, the whole movie should have, the whole movie should have been that gay couple's house under attack from Michael Myers. Like that was honestly the best part of the movie. I'd watch a whole movie about that bickering hipster couple. And just I like, just like walking around the house being like, what's going on? Is that a kid? Like I'd watch a whole movie about those two dumbasses blocking their doors and and trying to figure out who's in their house instead you've got that going on you've got anthony michael hall tommy doyle grew up to become a gigantic asshole who's just like swinging bats and wants to shoot or kill the first thing he sees uh it's just it's it's just so like ugly and unpleasant uh michael myers murders uh <laughs> Lenny Clark's he murders oh Lenny. Oh my Clark. God, Lenny Clark was in this. <laughs> Lenny film Clark with the the woman from Borat, right? The woman from Borat. Yeah. So 
th- like that's a good scene. Like it's very creepy when she's like slowly bleeding out as she watches Michael Myers test out knives on on Lenny Clark. And maybe this isn't something, but f- for you and I who are from New England, watching a movie that is supposed to be set in the Midwest. All of a sudden, it's Lenny Clark, and it's just like, okay, whose idea was this? He is so, and he's a bad actor. He was so yeah. distracting. Maybe if you don't like know who he is, because he's not like famous in that sense. He's not like worldwide famous, so maybe that's not as distracting outside of Massachusetts. But watching it here, all of a sudden, Lenny Clark is there. <laughs> and I have not seen or heard Lenny Clark in years. I'm very yeah. familiar with him, of course, like you said, being from New England, but I have not seen him in anything in quite some time. So for it to be <laughs> fucking Halloween Kills was jarring. And he's and you, Lenny Clark. He's like shouting like, what the fuck's going on? Oh man, that Laurie Strode's a crazy bitch. Like he's yeah. just, it's just yeah. Lenny Clark. And it, it again, yeah. pretty effective scene in terms of Michael's like, very he's, he's he's terrifying in that sequence he he i like that this movie is sticking with it he has no there is no reason for what he does he just moves and kills that's like all he does it's it's not personal it's not yeah. ooh they cut him off and tra- it's none of that he just he just roams Haddonfield murdering people um but i mean like that's what like i don't think the movie should get credit <laughs> For, for understanding its premise. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's what you're supposed to be doing. So it was just a mixture of the annoying, irritating characters, the lack of the most interesting, the lack of focus on the most interesting aspects of the, of the previous movie. And just this general tone of like reverence and awe that this movie has and it's it it makes you sort of pause and and want to tell the filmmakers you are making a halloween sequel like this is not the venue to like 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 cool it (laughs) yeah like that that's kind of i just felt that this sense of like calm down like this is a halloween sequel like why are you all taking this so seriously why is this being played so earnestly like this is this is trash and one thing that i'll say for some of the other sequels in this franchise which as you rightly point out are worse than this movie in terms of like technical skills and an actor at performances or whatever um they at least are just like garbage in just a series of films that are just garbage this is like trying to be the last jedi or the force awakens like this 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 movie is under the impression that it is a chapter in a saga and it's like, no, 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 this is a Halloween sequel. Like there shouldn't even, this movie shouldn't exist. So you should not be using your screen time to have characters exposit about what does Michael Myers mean? What does the boogeyman mean? What does it mean to be survivors? Like this is not what this movie's about. Like this movie's not about survivors. This movie's not about PTSD. This is no, trash. No. <laughs> this, is, this is just trash that has the cinematography uh, caliber of actors and score of a much better film. Yeah. But it's still just, it's just garbage. And I think that's also why I didn't have it as negative of a feeling about it. Cause it looks good. It sounds good. Like you said, John Carpenter and his, is it his son and another oh, person? Yeah. yeah. So the score for the last one was incredible. This one was a little less memorable, but it was still really good. Yes. It, so all of those definitely mask this and make it seem like 
So when you just throw it on and watch it, it's like, that wasn't okay. That wasn't, but that bad. But as you've said, there were just so many stupid things that did take away from it. And I, my suspicion is they had a good, I, well, I know they had a good idea for the initial movie because it's a good movie. I I really like Halloween 2018. Like you said, they, they have some good ideas. This notion of, you know, Lori being a damaged person from, from what, from her experiences with Michael Meyer and it kind of ruined her life and ruined her ideas of family and, you know, what's important and made her like a survivalist. Like all of those were interesting storylines that were well done in that first movie. So my hope, my guess is that maybe they have an interesting way to end everything. I, after this, I don't know, but then that this one just seemed like the weak connective tissue that it's like, Oh, we need to have a trilogy because you can't just make one movie anymore or two movies anymore. Like if you're going to come back and do this, we have to have at least a trilogy. It's like that magic thing, you know, that from dating back to star Wars. So this one just felt like it had some hodgepodge ideas that were not well executed. And you identified many of the reasons why they weren't. Uh, Tommy Doyle is such an annoying character in this movie. Tommy Doyle used to sound like to me, oh, sounds like a cute little kid. Because I picture Tommy Doyle in this. Now it's just like he's this Mick Bastard, you know, like annoying brute of an asshole. And now it's like, oh, I'm Tommy Doyle. Like, if that's your name, you got to be this rough. And then that also was weird with the Lenny Clark connection. I'm like, do they feel like Tommy Doyle had to just be like some Irish bastard? Because <laughs> that's what I mean, they made him like. I, I, it, it did feel like, I, I, it's like, yeah, it's set in Haddonfield. But I did feel like. Like this could be this could be taking place in Massachusetts. Like honestly, For like sure. so many of these characters feel like a very specific kind of like suburban Massachusetts asshole. Yeah, and uh, you know, in the previous um, in the in the previous canon continuity, Tommy Doyle's Paul Rudd. You know, he's a little baby faced, extra baby faced Paul Rudd, and he's like he's just Tommy Doyle. He's got like a rain, and he's like a goober, and like he's he's. Yeah, they, they make him a very different uh, – I, again, he's a kid. Like, who knows what you grew up into. But, yeah, now it's like when I watch – now when I watch the, the real Halloween and Tommy Doyle's, you know, getting his pumpkin smashed and talking to, to Laurie about the boogeyman, I'm like, yeah, this kid, he grows up to be, like, the biggest prick in town. He Every Halloween he goes to the bar, uh, brings everyone down with his weird story about survivors and horror and evil – um, he, he's just, he's like, he's like the worst kind of, uh, alpha male. Like he yeah. just takes over every situation, but he's not likable. Um, Laurie takes over every situation. Like Laurie's uh, is, is a very alpha character. She's constantly giving orders. Uh, Ripley in the alien movies is a very alpha character, but they're likable. Yeah. They have, they have personalities. You, you, you feel for them. They feel human. Tommy is constantly just barking out commands and orders to everyone. And you, you just want to slap him. There's this ridiculous scene in the hospital where he gets the entire crowd ginned up in this call of, uh, what was it again? Evil dies tonight! It, that aspect of it felt very real. Like, oh yeah, this is how, this is how like lynch mobs get formed. This is yeah. how people end up doing uh, stupid stuff. And, Arguably, there is a sequence in the movie where that mob uh, drives. <laughs> you alluded spoilers for Halloween Kills. Uh, yeah, you, you shouldn't. Um, as Kevin said, there is another patient who escapes from uh, the sanitarium or institution, and 
the town thinks he's Michael Myers. I don't know why they think that. He looks like Danny DeVito in Batman Returns. He's clearly <laughs> not. He's clearly not Michael Myers. He's a small, bald old man, and he's terrified. But they yeah, Michael Myers because either the script is stupid and it just assumes that we're stupid, or in universe these people are also stupid. Like the doctors are getting in on it. Like. Sheriff Brackett from the first movie is is in on it. So they, they chase this poor man through the hospital. Uh, Karen is desperately trying to convince them to, to like calm down. She tries to save this guy's life. Uh, they drive him onto the onto the onto a window ledge. He jumps off and, and he kills himself. Rather than subject himself to to the mob, this poor man uh, commits suicide. Uh, and then Sheriff Brackett very helpfully turns to the camera and says now he's turning us into monsters. <laughs> and it's like, that was the moment where I was like, who yeah. wrote this? <laughs> like, like that's, yes, I know that's what, that, that, that's the point of the scene. Spooky I totally, much? totally get that. But hey, you convinced old, old Lee, uh, you can, what's his, Lee, what's the, it's what's Lee the, Brackett, which I, Lee Brackett. I, I'm wondering if that was a name, named after the famous sci-fi writer I, I, on purpose and must it's even spelled the same way i think it was i forget yeah. the, is it charles cyphers i think it's charles cyphers is the actor you convinced old charles cyphers to come out of retirement to play an everyone's, asshole everyone's favorite character sheriff lee brackett from the first halloween movie from fucking 42 years ago uh and he has to come back and they treat him like he's han solo because everything is the force awakens now we got to give him a line. Oh, how about he just says the point of the movie? <laughs> and it's just like, I mean, he got more to do than than poor Nancy Stevens, who's just hanging out in Haddonfield with people. Also, yeah, that might have, for me, okay, I think saying out loud, he's turned us into the monster, and they're <laughs> saying the theme of the movie out loud, that might have been the dumbest thing. My going into this podcast, I was going to say the dumbest thing was having Tommy Doyle and... Uh, what's the girl's name? Who's also uh, uh, Lindsay? Is it Lindsay? Lindsay? Lindsay Wallace. Lindsay Wallace, and then Lonnie, who I didn't really remember, and then I read it, that it was the Luma scene, and then I remembered. But having the th- these three kids who were uh, who were involved in Halloween 1978, they were the ones who were getting babysat by Lori and the other babysitters. Having the three of them be like friends in adulthood and bonding over what happened to them that night. That makes total sense. Then for some reason, they shoehorn in Nancy Stevens, who was in her at least late twenties or early thirties. She was working with Dr. Loomis at, she was a, a psychiatric person of, no, no, are you? She was not working with Dr. Loomis. She was just the nurse that was like in the car with him at the beginning of the first movie. They've okay. they had never met before. She's right, she, right, right, right. She's, she's just, but now she's the most, now she's an important part. She's an important character. Because she now. hasn't died yet. Ex- exactly. It's, it's like, like hey, who can we bring back who isn't dead? All right. No, so we, she has come back once before. She comes back in Halloween uh, 20 years in, later. In water. Yes. <laughs> She comes back in H two O. In H two O, yeah. So yeah, that to me made no sense. That this, so she she has to be at least fifteen to twenty five years older than well, maybe not twenty five, but she's fifteen years older than these three little kids, the kids who were little kids in the original movie, 
And now she like hangs out with them in Haddonfield, which wasn't even where the institution was. So that was some hand fisted. And then they only, only to bring her back to be brutally murdered by Michael Myers in like the most upsetting. (laughs) They killed that poor woman. We didn't make the fucking hand off, man. They didn't get the fucking money. They're going to kill that poor woman. They're going to kill that poor woman. It would be like, and I I know this was a criticism the sequels got, that they they brought back the big three and then proceeded to, you know, kill one off in each movie. Oh, for Star Wars. For for Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I really begin my thought. Yeah, Yeah. I I was with you. Our audience may not have been. (laughs) Star Wars, again. (laughs) Um, They bring back the big three characters and then kill them off. I would argue with the exception of the third one, <laughs> there's a thematic reason for mm-hmm. them. And they die in ways that, you know, Han's death is very upsetting, but the whole point is that he's finally kind of thrown in with a side of the story. Luke dies very peacefully, very Jedi. Like it would be like if they brought them back and just like brutally decapitated them <laughs> and like threw their limbs to the four winds. Like they bring back poor Nancy Stevens and they just murder her in an SUV. With characters that she she's like, I think she's with Lindsay Wallace, but other than that, she's not with her friends. Like, it's no. just it's it's just so, and that's what's so frustrating to me. It's they bring back these characters because again, there's this idea that it's a saga that this is important that the Halloween movies like mean something other than just effective horror film. But then they they treat all these these legendary iconic legacy characters like characters in a slasher. Because that's all this is. This is just a slasher. Like this, they even turned the the kid that the guy, the, the father of Allison's boyfriend, is the kid that that mm-hmm. not Tommy Doyle's pumpkin. And again, it's like, yep, small towns. You know, people tend to just kind of stay there. But so, so every single, <laughs> every single moment, every single character from the first Halloween is now part of a larger story and they all have a role to play and they all are important and we should care about them. And it's just like, it's the, it's the pretense and the, and the arrogance that they think that they're fooling anyone into thinking that this is anything other than a Halloween sequel. It even, it Laurie's in the hospital, just like in Halloween two, a lynch mob forms and gets innocent people killed just like in Halloween four, uh, Nancy Stevens comes back because she's important only to be uh, brutally killed off by Michael very quickly, just like in H2O. It's just, you're making a Halloween sequel. Just make a Halloween sequel. Add to the list that this movie is just a continuation of the same night, just like Halloween two, 1981. It's it's unbelievable. The number of, so it, Halloween two night from night. I feel like if, I need to say the years with all these movies to make sure we're clear there's, what we're talking there's about. Two Halloween because there's two Halloween twos. And then this is almost like Halloween two in a way also. So Halloween two, 1981, the two biggest criticisms. Well, I guess three, the three biggest criticisms of that movie. One that it was just a continuation of the same night kind of lessened the impact of the original, the impact of the original movie Two was that they left Jamie Lee Curtis in a hospital with nothing to do the whole movie. And then three was they made Laurie and Michael Myers siblings. So they didn't do that in this movie, but the other two biggest criticisms of a movie that you are retconning, it's like, oh yeah, we're making new movies because no one likes those sequels. 
yet we're going to do the same things that all those sequels did because this series is so limited. There are no ideas. Everyone gives John Carpenter shit, including John Carpenter himself, for making Laurie and Michael siblings because that is stupid. However, he rightly understood, well, if you're going to make another Michael Myers movie, there has to be something. And the thing that he thought up was, uh, how about he goes after her because they're, they're siblings. Yeah. It's yeah. stupid, but it's better than than that he's magic and he's he's, oh my he's, God. Part of a, he's a genetically engineered uh, like cult assassin. That's one way to prolong the series. Halloween Kills doesn't even have the decency to come up with <laughs> stupid reason. Like it is literally the same night and he just like, which you could argue could be the movie's strength, but it's, it's, there is no hook because something I wish the movies would really, they, they pay lip service to it, but Michael doesn't know who the Strodes are. He doesn't know who Laurie is. He doesn't care about her. Yeah. And I wish that's kind of what the first movie seemed to be like, he's surprised that he ends up at her compound at the end of the movie. He's like, I don't know who you are. Like I just kill people. It's got nothing to do with you. That's kind of part of her, her sadness. It's not just that all of her friends got stabbed on Halloween night in the seventies. It's that that fucked with her. She took it out on her family. Like it's all part of a chain of events. Like her life was ruined because of one night, but it wasn't just that one night that ruined her life. Does that make any sense? You know what I mean? Like it was a oh for it, sure, yeah, yeah. It and, changed her outlook, and and I wish this movie seems to be going back, turning back towards the fact that no, 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 Laurie and Michael are like Sherlock Holmes and Morty, like they are destined to to battle one another. And in this movie, at least in the sequels, they had the the hook of their their brother and sister. That's like a very sort of primeval. Uh, Joseph Campbell-esque like mythic thing brother and sister one's good one's bad um, it's stupid <laughs> but it's but it's something this has nothing and the and Halloween 2018 had something what if Laurie Strode never recovered like what if she never got her happy ending Ooh, that's interesting everyone thinks she's crazy everyone thinks she's angry and sad and and um paranoid oh but michael myers is back thank god she's she, thank god thank god she's like that thank god her house is a death trap for for movie monsters yeah and, this and, movie has nothing has no hook like you said it was it was a really interesting dynamic to have karen resent Lori, and then they had that great twist where she's acting totally panicked and it's like the typical damsel in distress type feel to it and then she Lawton says, gotcha, when she has him in her sights. And then yes. you, and then it was like a good bait and switch. It's like she, so she's still mad at her mother. She still thinks maybe, you know, maybe mom, mom could have prepared me for this, but also have like been a mom. Like there, there could have been a balance. And I think that's what the movie does a good job of, of like, yes. it doesn't go like, see, Lori was right. Like it doesn't have that feeling. It's like, no, she's still fucked up as a mother. She yes. still was emotionally distant from her daughter and kind of screwed her daughter up. But her daughter at least has that inkling of like, well, I'm not fully forgiving her, but she was right to prepare me for the evils of the world. I just wish she toned it down a little bit. Exactly. In that moment, it's like she gets reprogrammed back to what it was like living with this woman. Like yes. she she has resented her her whole adult life. But when she's back in the house and the very thing her mother always talked about is happening, it, it's like she's like the Manchurian candidate. She like remembers how yeah, to do yeah, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's interesting. And now is she going to pass that trauma on to, 
to her daughter. Like, and that there was that there's that shot and the at the end of the um the the Halloween 2018 of, of Allison holding the knife, which is reminiscent of Jamie holding the knife in Halloween four because there's no ideas in this franchise. That one I'm okay. That one I was that a little bit fine. more okay yeah. with. Yeah, but, it's but you're another right. example of like these aren't original ideas. Like these are these have been done before. But in this movie, they don't really explore that. Laurie is getting sort of turned into a superhero again. Like, oh, she's mm-hmm. so smart. If only ever, everyone listened to Laurie. Um, and Karen is potentially killed off at the end of this film. See, she, and I think they add this. Ahead. They add this motif that Michael was always staring out his sister's window like that. That's the thing they add to this movie um, that Michael was always staring out his sister's window, looking at Haddonfield. And so that gets turned into sort of a, a recurring motif uh, in this film. Um, and while she's doing that, Michael stabs her to death, maybe um, while Laurie makes a speech about evil dying tonight or something like that like it's which, just which brings up two points uh one is like you said I, I kind of liked until i didn't in this movie where they're they're talking about exactly what you were talking about it's like michael myers wasn't targeting laurie strode in halloween 1978 and he wasn't targeting laurie strode in halloween 2018 but mm-hmm. laurie almost as a like justification for everything and maybe needing to like add some importance into her life that has lost a lot of meaning it's like, no, he, you know, he wanted to kill me. It's been like this, like saga, like you're saying. So this movie had the officer Hawkins, which is like, is that now, are they now like referencing stranger things? I, I don't know what that's about, but anyway, officer Hawkins, who didn't die in the first movie who, Oh, we'll have to talk about the opening scene later. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit, but uh, <laughs> officer Hawkins uh, of Haddonfield is alive in this movie and he is in the hospital room with Lori. Apparently they were almost in love. Cause again, there's what else do you do? I don't know. He's this new character that they had to add some sort of, you know, uh, He's charming. mythical. He's charming. He's. A, I really like that actor. Will Patton is that his name? I think Will Patton or the the uh, the poor man's Bill Paxton. That's kind of his role. Yes, he's the other coach in the remember and remember the Titans and uh, great actor. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's been in a ton of things. I don't want them to gain another yard. You blitz all night. And if they cross the line of scrimmage, I'm going to take every last one of you out. You make sure they remember forever the night they played the titans but he uh he says you know hey Lori, michael myers wasn't going to your compound it was that remember in the first movie when you said you're the new loomis that that was grown that was that was a big groan when i rewatched 2018 but uh that guy was who wanted you two to reconnect because he had some sort of He's a crazy psychiatrist who thought that you two had this connection and wanted to see well, what would happen. He's a crazy foreigner. That was a nice a, class. Yeah, that was a nice touch that he wasn't American either. Yeah. <laughs> crazy Turkish man. So of course he's nuts. Like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, yeah. He brings them together because he thinks there's a connection. Right. Uh, also, so I, yeah. You know, oh, I was just going to, I'm so oh, sorry, sorry. Just to finish that. Cause I, I went off on it, but I think, like you said, so why was, you know, Karen presumably dies at the end of this movie? Well, I think the purpose of that was to now give more motivation to Lori to have to kill Michael Myers because it was like, see, there's not really that much of a connection between you two. Actually, he's just a crazy person here to kill people. 
but like now we need some sort of impetus to really get Lori like motivated beyond just the general notion of needing this guy to be out of our town. Yes. I think that's, I think you're right. I think you're 100% right. And apparently the next one does not take place on the same night. Apparently Which is, there is a time gap now because they want to, they want the rumor is they want to incorporate COVID like the COVID pandemic or something like, you know, they want to address because these movies are topical and important now. They're about oh, God. and they're about grief. Um, so I think they want to kind of make it relevant to, to that. Um, they should just keep it all on the same night. You know what I mean? Like just ha- well, like this is yeah. a long night, but like keep it on the same night. <laughs> well, I thought when, yeah. And now in retrospect, when I'm thinking back of seeing the trailers for this one, it did, it's like, okay, yeah, a lot of what's happening would make sense for it to be that night. Like Michael escaping from the house on fire and Lori in the hospital and those sorts of things. And then with Halloween ends, that would lead me to believe that that means it's the end of the night. So that's what I was thinking yeah. after this one. Uh, but now, but see that also, if what you just said is true, if they're going to bring in some sort of new element that defeats the compliment I gave earlier for this movie is having a planned trilogy. If they're now letting real world events affect how the third one is going to be laid out. If they had made a movie with some element element, excuse me, of mob rule and it's just Tommy Doyle and like maybe like six, seven people and they're not chanting. What was it again? And someone doesn't look at the camera and say, now we're the monsters. I think I would have been okay with that. Although ultimately I agree with you. There isn't much that these movies should be saying, but we've complimented 2018 earlier for being a pretty good commentary on PTSD and, and like dealing with trauma and, you know, for for these movies. Well, yeah, that's the thing. There's not like trauma is a thing that exists. It's not trying to comment on like, it's better. It's classier. It's, it's more, it's appropriate for the tone. Yes. This woman lost all of her best friends in high school to an insane person. She's got trauma. Um, this movie, I think is supposed to just be an extension of that, but they are, I, I think they are so taken with the idea that they're making smart Halloween movies. They're, these, these are as good as John Carpenter's movie. It, it's, it's, it's begin, it's becoming embarrassing for them. Yeah. Everything is star Wars. Everything is the mm-hmm. for, is that first trailer for the Force Awakens. Every yeah. movie now, every franchise has to is treats their past as reverently as Star Wars treats its past. And obviously, we're biased, but you can kind of get away with that with Star Wars. You can't get away with that with Halloween <laughs> or Ghostbusters. <laughs> like oh, these, yeah. are not, these are not of the same caliber. I know no. that's a matter of taste, but come on, like. It's just a, it's just a, a perfect, simple horror movie from 1978. Why has it been turned into this gigantic thing? Yeah. I, I wish it would die. I, I really, I want them to kill it. <laughs> Do you want it to die tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I like, it's like, I, I wanted to die that night. Like I just, like, <laughs> I hate this. Like make it. Stop. Yeah. I think the, the misinterpretation too is it, that first movie is just, a perfect piece of art, it, whether it's the, the score, the cinematography, the, the, the costume design, the simplicity. And what people don't love Michael Myers so much as they just love how good that movie is. Cause yes. it's like Michael Myers, isn't a character. He's just this, he's just evil incarnate. He doesn't talk. He's just a visual 
and he's meant to represent fear. And, and uh, like I said, he's just evil represented. I met him 15 years ago. I, I was told there was nothing left, no reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. Earlier, you brought up taste uh, and, and uh, <laughs> uh, excuse me, not taste. You brought up um, respect to a series or something. I wanted to have reverence. a bad transit. Reverence. I wanted reverence. to say, speaking of reverence, how did you feel about the use of Donald Pleasance uh, like Grand Moff Tarkin in the opening sequence of this movie? No, this is, I, I, no, no, this is, this is one of, this is the, like, literally the only other thing I liked about the movie. They didn't see, that's not a CGI Donald Pleasance. They got so, a, they got okay. a guy. They got a guy that looked like him, and they got the a guy to do his voice. That's all they did. It looks there's, there's some dead eyes though. It looks like there's I, some dead eyes. I think it's because the guy's just not a good like actor. They didn't touch up any. So I there was the first moment I saw him. I was debate and I purposely didn't look it up. I wanted to see. I thought there was a chance it was a different actor, but then. Then when they showed his eyes, I got that same dead eye look from. Well, I think that they may have touched it up in the sense that that's kind of how Dr. Loomis looks in the movies. Like he does look kind of dead eyed. Like the sequels reach a point where the most dangerous character is Dr. Loomis. <laughs> yeah, oh, for and sure. I, and so, but no, it's, I mean, perhaps, perhaps they lied and I believe them, but it's, it's one of their prop guys just kind of looks if they, if they gave him the right beard, hmm. they can just look like, Donald Pleasance and they have they have a guy recording his lines so I'll have to watch it again but one of the things I liked was that they just got a guy to oh which I would agree with I just I definitely had that uncanny valley sense so I'm wondering if he was a stand-in Donald Pleasance is an uncanny guy he's an uncanny presence that's true that's true but maybe they couldn't have helped. They couldn't help themselves. And in, in post, they did a little bit of this. I mean, it's so brief. They only sh- really show him like two different times. He walks into the door and she doesn't have um, full dialogue scenes with actual actors. Right. right. So <laughs> that was a little off putting. And it's like, that was when I had a really bad feeling about this movie. And it was actually, it's not the opening scene. It's the second scene. Right, it's there's like six opening scenes. We should say, like you, you mentioned that we see Laurie and Karen and Allison, and then the movie kind of goes off the rails. We don't even see Laurie, Karen, and Allison for like what feels like twenty five minutes. Yeah, and then and then we see them, and then the movie goes off the rails. There's a lot of openings to this movie. Um, there's flashbacks, a flashback to Halloween night. They use footage from Halloween too, which technically doesn't exist anymore in this continuity, mm-hmm. but they needed that footage to make their stupid plot makes sense that this movie opens strangely briefly works and then immediately goes off the rails. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good summary. I think the opening opening scene, <laughs> the, the, the actual opening scene is the, the boyfriend walking down or he finds Hawkins and he's in the middle of like abandoned train track area location. And he's like, don't worry, I'm going to get help. And he just 
help. He just starts yelling help to nobody when 30 seconds before that he was on his cell phone calling people. <laughs> so that was, that was a, a bad start in terms of, I know I, I understand that visually and, and like, theatrically it's better for someone to yell out help i get that i know cell phones or listen to me saying cell phones i know that phones have ruined you know these sorts of things but it's like oh my god you just showed him using his phone that was something the 2018 actually did pretty smart was took allison's phone out of play immediately when he like threw it in the pudding or whatever it was and ruined it so then she could not be called to be warned about michael myers so it's like yeah you have to you have to write things like that in to get rid of the element of the phone. So then this one, it's like he has it. And then he finds the guy and just starts yelling help to literally nobody. Nope. And and then I think the scene after that is when they go into the flashback. Because Haw- Hawkins says, I have to kill him. And it goes into yeah. this whole convoluted, because we have to retcon that now. Like you said, they did, Halloween 2, 1981 doesn't exist, but we're going to go back to 1978 Halloween and have an extension beyond that, which is kind of like what Halloween 2 does. And now we're doing it in this movie. It's like, oh, my God. It's just a, like you said, it's just a slasher movie from 1978 that was made for, I think, 300 grand. Some ridiculous, like, and it's turned into this whole this whole thing. And it's probably the most embarrassing franchise that yeah. has a like legitimate movie involved in it the original movie this movie is not the only movie that does this this is happening this is this is hollywood's one of hollywood's biggest problems is just the unwarranted reverence for things from people's childhoods and this is just a particularly egregious um yeah halloween kills evil dies tonight evil dies tonight it did not and um i I would not, I wouldn't recommend it. I've told everyone who's asked me, skip it. Like it, I'll, I've told them like, have you watched every, have you seen everyone? Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. they say yes, I'm like, well, yeah, see this one, obviously. Uh, but if people have only seen the first Halloween or Halloween 2018, uh, like my wife said, like, cause we watched Halloween 2018 together. She's like, should we watch Halloween kills? I said, absolutely not. You'd hate it. You would not enjoy it at all. I would agree. I would only recommend this to, hardcore horror fans or films of the franchise. Uh, and like I said, potentially if there's that silver lining of Halloween ends actually ends up being okay, then maybe if you need to see this for the connective tissue of it all, uh, otherwise morbid, I morbid curiosity, maybe I, I do want to end by saying, I don't know if, have you watched the righteous gemstones? Uh, no, it's wonderful you should absolutely watch it so i this is what i'm bummed out because i really do like danny mcbride and david gordon green i think they're interesting i like most of what they have made especially the three danny mcbride hbo shows eastbound and down Mm -hmm. vice principles and now the righteous gemstones is probably Mm -hmm. the best one it's it's i would say it's the least funny of the three but it's the best written like I actually wanted to watch the next episode after it ended. It's only had one season. It aired in summer 2019, I think. Yeah. And the second season is actually going to come out in January. Uh, but it's it's funny that you earlier mentioned the the gay couple being the most interesting part. One of them, I think, big what was it Big Jim? No, Big John and Little John. Yes. So Big John is on the Righteous Gemstones, and he's a great character on that. He's also been on the Mick. And he was in the uh, the better 
the um the Breaking Bad sequel movie that I don't El, ever... El Camino was yes. Big John yeah. was Big John um Michael McDonald or was that Little John? Little John was Michael McDonald from okay. The Heat and a, a lot of other I know yeah. him as the guy from Austin Powers who gets run yes. over by the steam. Yes, yes, yes. That was that was Little John. That's yeah. Little John. <laughs> oh, right. He's the one who is like just ah, uh, and he just stands yes. there forever. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, yep. They're both hilarious, and uh, they're, they were my that, favorite. They were my those, favorite people in the movie. And those characters feel the most like Danny McBride and David Gordon Green's sensibilities. There were a lot of characters in the in 2018 who felt like that, but they were very bit parts, like the kid who talks about like the boy who's like, dad, you don't care about my dancing. And they talk about hunt. Like that felt like with the smoker. Exactly. With a smoker's voice. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mind that. I honestly didn't mind that stuff. I kind of like that, that you get to know these characters and then they get killed. Like I kind of didn't. It's something different. And I think, I think that's where they are a good match for this franchise. I think where they have these nice, offbeat comedic touches and add a little bit to the characters. But then I think when it comes to crafting the plot of a slasher movie, I think that's where they are tremendously lacking. I think that's where it's like, you know, like the, we talked in the bond episode, the, the two guys who have written the last like six or seven bond movies, but then they hire like a really good screenwriter to polish it. It's like, that's almost what they need. They do need some sort of like horror person maybe to jump in and be like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, John and then, Carpenter, for example. What's that? A John, John Carpenter? Carpenter yeah. yeah, John Carpenter wasn't a hundred years old, and his absence for the publicity for this movie, I think, speaks volume. Mm. All over the press for the last one, he he genuinely seemed to like the last one. Um, haven't heard much from him about this one. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's like, you did I, the same shit we did in Halloween two forty. Yeah, I, I think he he's like, all right, guys, thanks for the check and thanks for letting me do the music, but this is getting embarrassing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I will say this: this is the worst Halloween sequel with his name attached to it for sure, because his yeah. name is attached to any of that other any of that other crap. So as far as Halloween two, Halloween three, Halloween twenty eighteen, and this. This is the worst one he's ever been. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would agree with that. And yep. he should be ashamed of himself. <laughs> and, he, and he directed Ghosts of Mars. So really, I think, <laughs> I think he should be embarrassed. Yeah. Well, all right. So time to hang it up for this. Uh, I know that Danny has seen Dune. Yes. I will be getting on that soon. So that will be our next episode. But from what I'm hearing, from what Danny briefly intimated... It'll, we'll have a much more positive feeling about the next movie we talk about than this one. But I would agree, skip it, even free on Peacock. Uh, if you wanted to watch it on Halloween night, perhaps, but that is past. So, uh, yeah, definitely not recommending that one. But anyway, thank you very much for listening. And as I said, we will be back soon with our review of Doom. I want to go home and rethink your life. I want to go home and rethink my life.